Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Luke's Massive Storytelling Podcast Thing. Whoa yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Enjoy. It's strange. I mean, I've I mean, I've always felt like an outsider. It's probably why I was drawn to to buying the book in the first place. But th- there's nothing major that's happened in my life. But I feel like it's been a lot of small things. So like moving yeah. home, moving home when I was a, a small kid um just mean maybe being the youngest child uh, in the family you've just named two of the classics i think i think there is that physical displacement geographic displacement and i think the later borns in the family situation the youngest sibling always i'm convinced of it yeah i'm sure that's what's made me i mean you say you've moved to london that's that's why i've ended up as well um just i mean i was the outside of capital of the world london yeah yeah, absolutely a little oddly when i wrote when i wrote the book i um all the examples were new york and um uh, and and i think new york was the outside of capital i've actually written an article i'm hoping to get into one of the london magazines and um about this where actually i think the outside of capital was new york but i think it's not anymore i think it is now london and um, i'm sure you know for americans out new york still works but it's New York's changed. I think it has become. Um, I think it has become too. Um, I think it has become too much of an insider's paradise. And I think it's it's a lot of the geography is a problem in that you have these islands of Manhattan, and once that fills up with insiders, there's nowhere for the outsiders to go except Brooklyn, which is physically distant. Whereas London doesn't have that problem. It can go out to Dalston and New yeah. Cross. And, do you see what I mean? So yeah. London, it, it will move out as the rich move in. But, but so what? You know, that's how gentrification works. You know? So eventually, you know, the outsiders will end up in you know, Canning Town and Walthamstow and wherever. It's weird that you say fun. that. Uh, I'm in Canning Town in a minute. That's exactly oh, where right. I am. It's where you belong. Yeah. <laughs> My girlfriend asked me asked me why I like living in London, and I, and I told her it's because I like to be anonymous. I like to just walk around and and know that no one probably knows who I am. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that was you know that was always New York's joy as well. And I yeah. you know and I, uh, and I think that that's that's right. There's there are there's only a handful of cities like that where you, where you really can be um, anonymous. I did. Um, I might send you this article because I wrote about it saying that there was. I, I was worried about London being the outside of capital in that I, I, I called it the um, that London was suffering almost from the sort of outsiderization um, of the world of, of London in that you were almost um, it was almost so celebrated that you could be diverse and, uh, uh, you know, an, an individualist and artistic. And, you know, it was always so celebrated that it, it, it was becoming, a, it could become a cliche. You know, I said, if you, you know, the idea of sitting in a cafe and 
feeling moody and writing poetry and but the guy next to you he's got his own poetry group started and you know <laughs> yeah. do you see what I mean and you know yeah. and he's got his meetup groups you know and he's just thinking oh no he doesn't you know yeah I, 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 remember sitting, oh, God, I remember sitting in a cafe in, in Soho and I got my uh, notebook out and started to, to write some stories or whatever and I looked to my right and I saw someone writing a screenplay I thought, this, this isn't this is not, not right. It's not right. No, exactly that. No, I agree. You know, you know, you, you, how can you be a lonely loser when you know all, there's so many lonely losers in there writing scripts and things? And that, you know, I think that is there is that's the issue that you might end up. It becomes a bit of a cliche, you know, in the end. And, um, so, why, why do you think it is that outsiders are, are drawn to creative arts? or writing or poetry or, or anything like that? Well, I think there's um, several reasons. One is um, I think they want to express themselves and, they, and I think they do an outsidership um, feeling is that they, you know, they, they are um, keen to express how they feel. You know, it could well be that, you know, they've got the, the, the psychological issues that, that, that force them to think that they are on the edge. Often it is self-esteem issues. And things like that that make them inward looking and so they want to be able to express themselves i think that's certainly one i think another is that once you are on the outside looking in it gives you a different perspective and so i think you are you genuinely you know i, I you know i am a creative person but i didn't necessarily count myself as a creative person it was that people other people would say i was that you know i'd become i'd be good at coming up with ideas and things because i saw things very differently and it was simply because i had that kind of you know um that, that, that perspective of, of someone looking at it, I, I described it as, you know, you were watching the play. You weren't one of the actors, but you were watching the play. And so it gave you a different perspective on it. Just going back to what you said before, I think it's really interesting. And I think a lot of people who listen to the show are going to be writers and screenwriters and that sort of thing. Um, the, the idea of that's the best way for them to communicate how they're feeling. Um, so, I mean, I honestly think that the only way for me to explain exactly the way I feel about something is by putting it into uh, a piece of writing and then and then someone else reading that writing and hopefully hopefully they'll understand I mean there's no way to guarantee they will but that that's probably the, the only reason I, I write also, really. I agree and I also I mean what you know, you know I, I'm not brilliant verbally you know as you can probably tell and, and I think me, that that's one of the, well whatever <clears throat> but I'm not you know I, I, I one of the issues I think that, you know, look, people, people always expect writers to be brilliant verbally. And I, I think the opposite is true in that we often express ourselves in writing because we struggle to express ourselves verbally. We're not, we're not brilliant at that. And, and I probably is the same with, um, you know, as you say, screenwriters, certainly with artists, it's a way of expressing themselves. That is a way of, because they can't do it verbally. <clears throat> so I think that there is, there's certainly something in that that it's a it's a desire to express it, um, and, um, but also an inability to express it verbally, you know. And um, and I think that 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 might well be um, an important feature of why outsiders are creative and innovative. And it's also a danger because I want to get onto this sort of entrepreneurialism thing. And I think because it is one of the issues. Um, I think, you know, for me, and, and the book recommends that entrepreneurialism in whatever form, it's a very broad term, I'm not saying start a business, but entrepreneurialism means, you know, doing things for yourself on, on your own account, if you like. And I, and, and, um, I think that's a, 
a brilliant way forward for an outsider, but one of the dangers, and sorry, one of the reasons I think it's a brilliant way forward is it forces you not to look inward. If you're entrepreneurial, that means you have to have a customer, you have to have a uh, an object. Someone has to buy into, invest um, your what, whatever your output is, and I think that's important. And I because I think outsiders can withdraw into themselves, and you know I think that there's it's very easy for an outsider to become a sort of fantasist or, or you know or someone that just completely withdraws and um you know sort of billy liar type character and sort of thing and i've got there's certainly aspects of that in me and um and i think entrepreneurism is a very good way of overcoming that is, is this when you were talking about me inc as well yes i think me is um i think very important aspect where you it's a way of depersonalizing um your pursuits because obviously I, we talked about setbacks yeah. Um, earlier and how they can um, floor you, and I think that uh, depersonalization is therefore very important in that. And that if you if you create Me Inc. that is a company that is that whatever you do, whatever your entrepreneurialism in that is, and I would hope it would be something that has some creativity to it because that's obviously probably as an outsider where you're best. You know, whatever whatever it is, Me Inc. says it's the company that is moving forward, and that company will pitch for things and lose. It will pitch for things and win, but it will pitch for things and lose. It will, not everyone is going to like what that product is. What happens is if you're a person, especially a sort of outsider, might be a bit sensitive, low confidence, self-esteem issues, is that that rejection, you only need one rejection and you're flawed. You're, you're, you're completely back to square one. Whereas if you are me ink, then you know you've just lost the pitch. You just need to get to the next pitch. You you know you've you know you might have to learn stuff. You might have to um, uh, hone the pitch a bit. But you just you move forward. And so it's just a way of depersonalizing it. I think I think removing yourself like just that one step is, is yes. enough to. I mean, as many times in the past when I first started trying to do stuff, and it's very similar to yourself, I guess. Like if if someone said they weren't happy about or they didn't like something that I'd done, I wouldn't do it anymore. <laughs> No, exactly. You're flawed. That was it. It was yeah. all over. Absolutely. And I, you know, and I think this. All, one of the reasons I, um, and that's hence to going to Me Inc. For instance, the first time I did a speech on any of this stuff was actually at um, a School of Life event, and um, and there was some one person in the in the audience that clearly didn't rate me or didn't you know thought I was I shouldn't have been there or whatever and didn't say anything but just made it clear to me through body language etc that they thought you know I wasn't up to it and when I think about that event now that's the only thing I think of is that one person and for me no matter how many people came up to me afterwards saying oh you know I think that was excellent thank you really liked it etc etc means nothing I have completely dismissed all that and the only thing I focus on is this one person that didn't even say anything just you know looked as if they you know that you know I I filled in the blanks and assumed they thought me an idiot here and actually and, and so me is there to deal with that to say no 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 you know what you've got to do is move forward the only thing that matters is actually there was one person there that was from Psychologist magazine. Now I need to focus on them because I might then get an article going, you know, and that's all that matters. That's that's what me ink does is say that's the goal. What's the next step? You know, okay, that person didn't like it. Well, forget it because I've got these two, three other people lined up that you know said they did like it, and I might be able to get you know an article here or another speech there or whatever. And um, but it takes depersonalization to be able to do that. Do you, do you find that yourself? Uh, are you are you sort of getting over that sort of? 
Um, now you're using this sort of me ink technique. Yeah, of course. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, it, uh, it, it's still. Um, it's the monkey on your shoulder, right? Yeah, the, the monkey on your shoulder. It's not going away. You yeah. know? And um, you know, it's, it's still very aggravating. I find it. You know, I don't. I do find it very annoying, especially with talks. There's all you know when there's that sort of one sort of clever dick in the um, in the audience, and you know, I do find that. Um, uh, upsetting you know if I get a bad review on Amazon you know I find it upsetting you know if I write an article and there's a dodgy comment underneath it upsets me I, I have learned that it but it, what it doesn't do now is floor me it upsets me it triggers um, the same old reactions that I've always had but it doesn't stop me making the next move because the next move is has been planned it's strong it's you know, it's it's just where I just need to keep going. And I think the planning is, a, you know, a very good aspect of this. And I think that, again, creative outsiders, et cetera, all that thing about procrastination I'm talking about, again, it's a weak area for us. And that's, so that's where you need things. You, that's what you need to overcome is the fact that you kind of, you're almost waiting for a miracle as an outsider. You're waiting for somebody to go, you know what? I think, you know, I've spotted you. I can see that you're beautifully talented. You, you know, I'm going to give you everything you want. And of course, you know, and, and so you're waiting to be rescued and actually no one's going to come and rescue you. No, you've got to sort this out yourself. No one's coming to rescue. And in fact, if they are coming to rescue you, you should be highly suspicious. If somebody comes and says to you, oh, you're just what I'm looking for, you know, come and join my gang, you should be highly suspicious because they are somebody that is spotted, probably spotted your weaknesses and sees you as a recruit to help them achieve their goals. So um, I'd be highly suspicious of any rescuer now. And that, you know, and again, that is, you know, whereas I spent my all, you know, my entire twenties waiting for somebody to rescue. It's so interesting. It's so it rings so true <laughs> for for a lot of my life. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Just that um, yeah. idea of I'm going to enter a competition and then that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, be fine after that. Yeah, that's it. My world will change. No, exactly that. I mean, I had that with my first book. I had a book, you know, I lived in New York for two years, had a book out, you know, it seemed to do all right. And it didn't take me, I thought that was it. Everyone would answer the phone to me and my life would be, people would be beating a path to my door. And, you know, because that didn't happen, I sort of collapsed, you know, and it was um, was a big lesson that. The Robert Kelsey interview to be continued in part four. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.